Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Rotato Podcast. Coming up, when his grandmother's house is taken away from her, Happy Gilmore, a failed hockey player, discovers he has a unique talent for golf. This leads him to join the Pro Tour to win the money to save his grandma's house, much to the chagrin of Tour champion Shooter McGavin. That's right, gang. Happy Gilmore is coming up next. Well, Adam, I am glad to hear that you are finally on the mend. Uh, this episode, we've had to push back a couple times because you were sick, but I'm glad you're doing well. I am doing well. I am no longer in the clutches of death. Um, it sure felt like it. You're um, but 180-degree turnaround, and I'm feeling much better. Your voice sounds strong like bull. <laughs> I don't sound like Roz from uh, Monsters Incorporated anymore. Hey, you don't sound like you're going through puberty. <laughs> yeah, my voice was cracking an awful lot, too. <laughs> I, I always forget the, the character's name in The Simpsons, but that's always my go-to whenever somebody's voice cracks. Like, hello, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the teenage kid. Yeah. It, it's, I don't even remember his name. That is my all-time favorite show, and I still, like, I. it's probably laziness more than anything, but I just don't bother to learn that character's name. He's always like one yeah. of my go-tos. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the drug dealer number two for The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, today we're doing a uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, we meant to do this earlier in the week because uh, we were looking for a movie to uh, talk about to celebrate the the career of Carl Weathers. Uh, actor just passed away a couple of weeks ago. We have already done Predator, so that kind of eliminates that one. Although we could have done the Re-Predator. Yeah. Or if if was it, if it bleeds, we can hunt it. <laughs> or the I Ain't Got Time to Bleed version of Predator. We could have done that. <laughs> we had just done Rocky Four over uh, Christmas, so we couldn't really do a Rocky movie. So yeah, we tried to do Action Jackson. Like, this if action Jackson were on a streamer. This would have been the pick is I love that movie as a kid and it's not streaming anywhere right now. And I'm just too cheap to pay the, I think it was like seven ninety nine on voodoo soon to be Fandango at home. Yeah, that's true. They're changing the name. Yeah. So I was too cheap to do that. So I'm like, you know what? We've been meaning to do happy Gilmore for a while. Just found out too. Happy Gilmore is just celebrated an anniversary. I came out in '96, so that makes it what twenty? Was this twenty six years? If my math is right, I don't know. It, we're recording late, so I'm not. I'm not a math whiz at this point of the uh, the evening. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm not doing it well in my head either. So 
Like 26, 28 years. Them. Something like that. Yeah, 28 years. So yeah, Happy Gilmore turned 28 years old earlier this week. So um, we are doing Happy Gilmore today. Uh, I don't know. Uh, awesome revisit. I hadn't seen it in a while. Um, Adam Sandler was kind of, he's kind of hit and miss with me. Like his earlier stuff, I fucking love it, but he seems to kind of play the same one note character. So the act kind of grows thin, at least for me after a while, but like his first four or five movies are just absolute bangers. I don't know. What do you think about Adam Sandler? He's hit or miss for me. Um, there's a bunch of movies that I like of his. Um, uh, I liked, you know, Mr. Deeds. Um, some of his newer stuff, too. Um, I think he's had so, somewhat of a renaissance here lately. Um, but back in the day, yeah, no, it was uh, it was hit or miss. Um, this is one of the ones that I really, really liked. Um, it came out when, you know, I was... Um, not really a kid, but like kind of that queen era. So right in, right in the like, wheelhouse. Right. Yeah. So it was really, really funny to me and it, it just hits me the right way still. So this is, uh, uh, I think, um, he kind of just had a, um, a roller coaster kind of for me. Anyways, my opinion. Uh, career where it was really good at first and then it kind of took a nosedive and now it's climbing back up again. Yeah, it's like I, I think uh, I honestly think that towards the end of the 90s and we talked about how we and we kind of like put our foots in our mouths. We kind of left out the 90s as being a, like a great era of comedy and then like now we're just going back and like fuck Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. Then we had like the Saturday Night Live guys are starting to come out at the time too, uh, but yeah, I think uh, for the comedy king of the '90s, I think Jim Carrey kind of ultimately wins the crown. But towards the tail end of the '90s, uh, Sandler was pretty much neck and neck with Jim Carrey. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Jim Carrey, I think, wins it, but um, they both. Uh, started putting out bangers. Well, I th- I think just solely off of doing in a calendar year, you well, Jim Carrey's 90s run was essentially it was Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura 2, The Cable Guy. Yeah. Which I think that's where he starts to kind of lose his uh stranglehold on the title, on the championship belt. Yeah. Is the cable guy? I personally love it, but it kind of, it's kind of divisive. It may be it's kind of grown, you know, subsequent yeah. years since it's released. But I know when it came out, it was a lot of people didn't care for it, and then he kind of came back with liar liar, but he wasn't the same. I kind of liken it like it's Hulk Hogan's second title reign. It's like after he he beats the Macho Man at WrestleMania five, he still has a pretty successful run, but it's not anywhere close to the the heyday of Hulkamania. And by that time you've got like, you know, Adam Sandler, Farley starting to come out with uh, his stuff. Mike Myers is there too. Uh, Mike Myers is closing out the end of the nineties with the uh, goal or uh, was the spy who shagged me. He had done the Wayne's world stuff. Then he had uh, Austin power. So he's making a run at the belt too. So 
Yeah, all of them. And, you know, we did really did put our foot in our mouth when we, we were uh, talking about comedies of the 90s because it's, man, that's like a murderer's row of comedians right there. Oh, dude. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at Adam Sandler's uh, IMDb here uh, towards the, uh, I mean, he kind of started out in uh, smaller roles, but like his first starring role was that, called going overboard but then he did uh billy madison which i absolutely adore it's actually my one of my son's favorite movies he fucking loves billy madison won't give happy gilmore much of a chance though but he loves this one but he let's see let me bring up his filmography here and i hate doing this off wikipedia because it makes it makes you work for it like you just can't go and like, oh, here it is. You have to scroll all the way through the entire article to get to it. But um, 95, he does Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and Bulletproof in 96. Uh, Bulletproof, not his finest work. It's a action comedy movie with Damon Wayans. But then he does The Wedding Singer, huge movie. I kinda, that kind of catapults him into like another another level. And then he follows yeah. that up with uh, the Water Boy, and then Big Daddy to end out the uh, the decade. Which the Water Boy and Big Daddy were huge hits. So I think it, by ninety eight, I think it's pretty much between him and Carrie for that comedy king of the nineties. But then also at that time yeah. too, like he's kind of starting to. After that, he follows that up with some some clunkers too. And then he starts kind of dabbling into the dramatic stuff too. He does punch truck love. And and of course he does little Nikki and Mr. Deeds, which I'm not a huge fan of. And it's just kind of, eh. I mean, I liked Mr. Deeds. It was okay. It wasn't one of his best, but I still liked him then. Yeah. But I uh, still a big star. Uh, now he's, Got that huge deal with Netflix, so he didn't really have to put out any theatrical stuff. He's getting a hefty payday no matter what. Yeah, but most of the stuff that he's doing on Netflix is better than some of the stuff that's in theaters anyways. So. I will say, I didn't really want to give it a chance, but I kind of dug Hubie Halloween. <laughs> yeah. It really, like, Hubie Halloween really reminded me of, like, if Bobby Boucher becomes an adult and moves out out of mama's house. Yeah. Vicky Valancourt's divorced him already. He's kind of become the weird guy in town. That's Hubie Halloween. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which uh, we did do the water boy a few months back. Uh, you can check it out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, cheap plug of the episode. But yeah, man, like uh Sandler though, man, he was a juggernaut in the late nineties, dude. So, but um, for me, this is always going to be my favorite Adam Sandler movie. I think it has a lot to do with sports. Yeah. And I think he's, if you think about it, he would probably the Mount Rushmore of uh, sports actors, like actors that have done like sports movies. He would have to be up there with Costner. I think he's done the longest yard remake, which yeah, not a huge fan of, but that was a big hit. He did the water boy big football movie and then of course he does happy gilmore which he plays hockey and golf so yeah and i don't know about 
any other sport, but do you know of any other sports movie that has spawned a style of play like Happy Gilmore? Because I remember me and my friends would always uh, run up and try and drive the ball super hard at driving ranges because of Happy Gilmore. Oh, I think everybody's done the Happy Gilmore tee shot at one point or another. Yeah. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think that'll be the movie's legacy at the end of the day. Yeah. Because, I mean... I've actually seen signs at driving ranges saying, no Happy Gilmore. <laughs> oh, no kidding? I've never... I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they actually... Uh, there is a... For uh, people that um, don't know, there is a, a very uh, large driving range uh, on a a tourist trap farm near where we live. Um, and uh, they actually had that posted there when I was in school. <laughs> Young's Jersey Dairy had that? Yeah, they did. Yeah, for those of you that uh, are familiar with the area, maybe not familiar with the uh, the Ohio area, we have a uh, very big uh, Jersey cow farm. They, uh, they do cheeses and ice. They're known for their ice cream. Ice cream's fucking awesome. Yeah. But they uh they've turned it into kind of a uh like a family getaway for the afternoon. They have batting cages and driving ranges. All kinds of shit you can do with the family. You can come in, buy yourself lunch, dinner, get the kiddo some ice cream and let them burn off some of that excess sugar on the old batting ranges or you know, hit let them hit some golf balls, run around, have a, a good old time. And uh, maybe they'll still have that sign up. I don't know. I I don't think they. We've been out there a couple of times. As a matter of fact, my son had a like a, he's uh in seventh grade now, and the way his school operates is like it was. They had some big to do for it being like the sixth graders last year in like the the kids building, where they go into like where the older kids go, and they did some big uh, field trip to Young's Jersey Dairy. And I didn't see that sign there. Sorry about that. <laughs> so yeah, they they probably got rid of it. Like they're probably like, man, these kids they don't know who Happy Gilmore is. Yeah. Probably. So it looks like I'm gonna have to go out there this summer and bring it back. It's like, <laughs> sir, you cannot hit like that. Oh no! If if you do, invite me. We'll both do it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Actually, I'll encourage my son to do it, too, because he likes going out there and hitting the golf balls, so I'm going to encourage him to do it, too. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into our categories, shall we? Ready to, ready to do this? Yeah. All right, real quick, for uh, you, those of you that don't know, uh, Happy Gilmore is rated PG-13, so you can let the kids watch it. Nothing super offensive in this. Uh, released on February the 16th, 1996. This stars Adam Sandler, Christopher McDonald, Julie Bowen, Carl Weathers, and just a slew of people that you've probably seen and stuff. You know, you might know who they are, you may not, but we'll get into that here uh, later. This was directed by Dennis Dugan. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score, I forgot to write it down on my notes, but uh, knowing Rotten Tomatoes and how they feel about Adam Sandler movies, it's probably not very good. As a matter of fact, I will go ahead and look it up as we speak. But uh, rotten scores for comedies are just really low in general. Oh, surprisingly, Happy Gilmore, 
favorable uh, score from critics and an 85% from audiences. This movie had a budget of $12 million, made $38 million at the box office. Uh, Awards, back when they were actually, they meant something. Uh, This movie is probably best known for winning the very first MTV Movie Award for Best Fight Scene between Adam Sandler and Bob Barker. Yes, that's right. The former host of The Price is Right, Bob Barker. Probably the most famous sequence in this movie, but we'll get into that here shortly. And you can stream this on the cock. On the cock. Fire up your cock. You can watch Happy Gilmore, which I, I read something a couple days ago. Uh, Peacock and Paramount might be merging together. Yeah, I read that too. And I mean, what are they going to call it? PP Plus? Yeah. A uh, friend of the show, former co-host Lucas, called it Mount Cock. I love it. Mount Cock is better than PP Plus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you know? Uh, some fun facts here about the movie. that uh, I was surprised by the amount of like cool little tidbits uh, I read about this movie. Uh, the character of Happy Gilmore was inspired by Adam Sandler's childhood friend Kyle, who was a hockey player. Kyle regularly played golf with Sandler and Adam Sandler's dad. And I guess now Kyle's a teacher in Manchester, New Hampshire, and coaches the high school hockey team. Um, I am of the belief that I think that in the in the years of sports movie history, this dates back to the 40s with probably the Yankees all the way up to contemporary times. I have always felt that Christopher McDonald, Shooter McGavin, is probably the greatest sports movie villain in movie history. You know what? I'm, because after watching this uh, uh, just recently uh, and getting reacquainted with him, um, man, you love to hate him. Yeah. He's just one of those villains that you love to hate. And could you imagine anybody else playing Shooter McGavin? I don't think so. Well, here is a very juicy tidbit. Kevin Costner was offered the role of Shooter McGavin, but he turned it down because he was making 10 cup. You know, I'm kind of glad. I don't think I could see Kevin Costner as Shooter McGavin. I don't, I don't think so either. Cause I think what makes Shooter McGavin such a, a great comedy villain is the fact he's kind of a, a bonehead too. Yeah, and Kevin Costner doesn't uh, doesn't exude bonehead. Yeah. So yeah, I as as much as I love Costner, and I think this was around that time where Costner was coming off of he was either making westerns or like just post apocalyptic movies that just didn't resonate with audiences. He did Waterworld. I think he did The Postman, which is the worst three hours I've ever spent in a movie theater. Then he did Wyatt Earp too. So. You know, he was come. I think he was looking to come back to what worked for him. But yeah, I, I'm a big Costner fan. I don't think he works as Shooter McGavin, though. Yeah, no. Uh, another one that I thought was kind of uh, interesting: uh, Bruce Campbell auditioned for Shooter hmm. McGavin as well, which I could see that working, but I don't think it works it as well as Christopher McDonald. No, I I do see it working though. Yeah, for sure. That would have been interesting. And I guess Christopher McDonald, uh, according to a 2011 interview with the AV Club, 
He turned down this role several times because he was growing tired of being typecast as an antagonist. I guess he reconsidered after he enjoyed Adam Sandler's previous film, Billy Madison, and while playing in a golf tournament in Seattle, read the script. And I guess after he talked with Sandler, he kind of said that he was going to, the way he was writing the role for him, that kind of what made him change his mind and the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. Um, Good history. Another uh, really interesting choice is uh, Chris Farley was supposed to play, or was the first choice to play the caddy, which is played by Adam Sandler, regular Alan Cove. Is it Covert or Covert? I've always called him Alan Covert. I, I French up the ending, the the ending of his last name. I mean, you know what? If it's not, then it sounds better. Yeah, it could just be that. Any. <laughs> well, we're we're churching up. It's Alan Cover. Alan Cover. If you're listening, and we've mispronounced your name. Hit us up in the uh, the old comment section or the show description. It shows you how to get a hold of us. Please let us know that uh, we pronounced your name the right way, or if we didn't, how you actually pronounce it, because we may do Grandma's Boy at some point. I mean, and if we did, we'll make it up to you by inviting you to be on our show and set us right. Yeah, he ain't coming on. <laughs> I, I joined those bozos. They can't even fucking pronounce my name right. Um, <laughs> Farley wanted to do it, but he was uh, contractually obligated to Paramount to do Black Sheep at the time. Oh, okay. So he couldn't do it. So in another cool twist, Adam Sandler went to Steve Buscemi. And he couldn't do it because he was making Fargo. Okay. So then that's how Alan Cover got the role. Well, you know what? It was good. Um, the movie it was cast very well. I don't think I would. Uh, I would change out anybody really. Yeah, I don't think I would change anybody either. Although some of these really these casting what ifs are really cool. Uh, another one. Um, Carl Weathers, the reason we decided to do Happy Gilmore this week, uh, plays Chubbs, the the Obi-Wan Kenobi, to Adam Sandler's Luke Skywalker, and this kind of shows him how to become a golf player. Was not the first choice to play Chubbs. Uh, originally, uh, R. Lee Ermey from Full Metal Jacket was considered to play Chubbs, and I was listening to a uh, podcast with the Safdie brothers, the uh, directors that did the Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler, and I guess in a conversation with Adam that they wrote the Chubbs role for uh, John Amos, the dad from Good Times, and uh, as uh, we so eloquently talked about in Die Hard 2, he was uh, Major Grant. Yeah. But you could also listen to on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast as part of unconventional Christmas movie month. Second cheap plug of the day. I was going to say <laughs> another one, but yeah, that was a kind of a interesting tidbit. I guess Dennis Dugan was hesitant to cast Carl Weathers, but uh, Adam Sandler convinced him it was uh, the right way to go. And then later on they cast uh, Dennis Dugan cast Arlie Ermey and saving Silverman. Which I don't know how you feel about Saving Silverman, but I kind of dig that movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I like it too. 
one of my favorite lines in any movie is uh in that film it's uh the premise of uh saving silverman is uh jason biggs jack black and steve zahn are neil diamond impersonators and jason biggs character ends up marrying an absolute horrible woman they fake her kidnapping and then all this chaos ensues but uh in towards the finale of the movie they're coming like they're in a bus with the actual neil diamond and neil diamond says we're coming to america and there's a street called america and neil diamond does a song coming to america and i don't know why it makes me laugh the way it does but i i giggle every time i hear it um <laughs> uh, even more cool casting what ifs uh adam sandler's happy gilmore was not supposed to fight Bob Barker was supposed to fight Ed McMahon. Oh, really? Yeah. But I guess he turned it down because of the, uh, the profanity in the movie. Okay. Yeah. Ed McMahon on his fucking high horse. Yeah. So they offered it to Bob. They rewrote it for Bob Barker and he agreed to do it on the condition that he wins the fight, which they, said totally cool they rewrote it to where bob barker beats up adam sandler and i guess during that fight sequence i'm gonna say with the exception of him rolling down the hill because bob barker was probably in his 80s when this movie was made or close to it bob barker ain't rolling down no hill no um no (laughs) i actually thought about that when i watched it last thing that's not him no oh actually if you watch it Especially if you got a 4K TV, you can kind of catch a glimpse of the stunt double. Yeah, but I guess apparently he does a lot of the fighting fighting in that. And yeah, through my uh, my elaborate research, going through tons and tons of articles about this. Also, I just kind of looked it up on IMDb. Uh, Bob Barker was trained in Tang So Do for decades under Chuck Norris. So Bob Barker, certified badass and hero for pets and all across America. Yep. Pay a new to your pets. Yeah. Fucking awesome human being that Bob Barker is. God rest his soul. But that's all I had. There's a ton of stuff in there. I just I thought those were some of the cooler ones. Just some of the casting the casting choices that were considered. Uh do you have anything you wanted to? Yeah. Um, so a couple of things, uh, just, you know, little tidbits, uh, nothing as, uh, in depth as yours, but, um, you know, uh, I know that you like to go through, uh, the casting. What ifs those are your, your favorite movie tidbits. Um, but, uh, one of mine is, uh, that, uh, this is Adam Sandler's favorite movie, um, that he did. It's mine too. So I think Adam Sandler and I should become friends or at least I should be cast in Adam Sandler movies going forward. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Me too, because I really like this movie. It's probably my favorite one that he did. Well, then, yeah, there you go. Perfect. Adam Sandler, if you listen to this episode in the show description, I provide the show email. Hit us up, man. We'll be in your movies. Yeah. I mean, just talk to Netflix for it. Uh, yeah. I'll work. I'll work for, you know, not a lot of money. We'll work for scale and good catering. Yeah. Oh man, it, at least, you know, 
something with uh, a nice, uh, you know, beef, chicken, you know, something like that. I'd sell for just a banging ass turkey wrap. Oh, man, that does sound good. (laughs) You can get us on the cheap for scale and a turkey wrap. But uh, I uh, (laughs) got got sidetracked by food. Um, Adam Sandler uh, was his favorite movie. But uh, according to Adam Sandler, he's also awful at both hockey and golf. Can't play either. I mean, not well. Well, I think to golf, you have to play it constantly to be any good at because I've tried my hand at golf and I used to play a couple times a week and I'm fucking horrible at it. Yeah, I used to be really good. uh, I mean, at least driving the ball, I I would slice it every now and then. And if I played actual golf, I would never get on the green. But uh, at the driving range, it used to be great. And now I kind of suck. So it's probably age. Well, I'm afraid to play golf now. I'm afraid I'm going to end up pulling something. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I I get up in the mornings. I have to limber up just to make it through my day. You know, I would feel, I would probably feel like I got hit by that car that Adam Sandler got hit by in uh, in the movie after a day of golf. Just wake up and my shoulder would be out of whack and my knees would hurt. I just hope that you hear, Adam, look out. Oh! <laughs> I don't know what she was going. I don't know what Julie Bowen was going for on that one, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, speaking of, uh, golf and hockey, um, the NHL, uh, actually sells hockey sticks that are putters that you can use. So they do. Yes. Uh, you can, I, I believe you can get them on, um, online uh but they sell hockey sticks that are putters i'm looking at shit up right now you keep going i'm gonna get on nhlshop.com <laughs> um and um because of bob barker's cameo in this movie uh the ratings for the prices right um rose considerably among uh college age viewers so people that were uh college age loved uh happy gilmore they also started liking the prices right because you know the price isn't wrong bitch <laughs> well my thing is like th- were those college kids that like not ever sick i mean like when you were sick as a kid I- at least in my house like my mom always had this rule like hey you can't if you're sick you can't you can't go playing video games so i'd always be you know basically on the couch kind of half sleep but man like the price is right was kind of like a rite of passage if you were a uh a sick kid in the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. yeah i would always watch the price is right uh wheel of fortune all those daytime game shows i'd always have to watch the price is right and as my mom and many many mothers across america always refer to them as their stories <laughs> oh man yeah, my mom, uh, she loved, uh, what was that soap opera called? As the World Turns. I'd have to watch that when I was sick. Uh, they, yeah, that, that's it for my fun facts. Did you find the, uh, the hockey stick that is a, uh, they have the covers, but I can't find the actual, 
Can't find the actual th- uh, putters on here. I don't give a fuck about owning a Florida Panthers putter cover. I want a Florida Panthers putter shaped like a hockey stick. I'm not going to sit there and dig that all day. Well, um, I got a, a couple of used ones that I can send you a link to. Okay. But they're expensive. I'm sure they're not cheap. They're probably made by like TaylorMade or Teetliest. As old Beavis would say on Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> you ever seen that episode where they uh, they steal golf balls <laughs> at the golf course and they turn around and sell them back to the golfers they were stealing them from? Yeah, no, I remember that one. It's- uh, I love that episode. And like every time, like my son and I were at a Dick Sporting Goods a couple of weeks ago and we walked through the, uh, the golf section, which Dick's pretty much like the one the closest one to to me the entire like half of the the second floor is nothing but golf stuff but i walk through that entire section just going teetliest teetliest <laughs> and i had to explain to my kid what that even meant but all right the martin scorsese this is cinema award for the best scene of the movie um, I don't know what did, I mean, this movie has a lot of fantastic sequences and this was really hard for, for me to pick. I was going to say, I know it'd probably be hard for you to pick cause there was, I counted two uh, montage scenes. Well, I, I, it wasn't the montage stuff that didn't make the, the final cut. Uh, mine is the Bob Barker fight sequence. So uh, that was mine as well. Still fucking holds up. I mean, I think it holds up better if you know who Bob Barker is. Like, my son watching this probably wouldn't find that to be as funny. He'd probably just think, like, this is some old guy beating up Adam Sandler, not, you know, the fucking host of the greatest game show ever put on God's green earth. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's going to be uh, grown accustomed to Drew Carey now. I don't think... I don't think my son's even watched a single episode of The Price is Right. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's it's different now. Like, you know, he has a lot more options to keep him occupied than I did. Like, when I was a kid, it was, you know, I was either playing Nintendo or I was watching TV. Yeah. He has his phone now. He has TikTok. All that shit. He's like, he's not going to watch The Price is Right. I mean, well... Yeah, no, he he won't. I was gonna say maybe there's like gonna be a YouTube clip or or maybe somebody put him on TikTok. At his school a couple of years ago, they did a uh, they do this uh, game, like this carnival type thing, and they had a game set up just like Plinko. They didn't call it Plinko, but it was like you put like a disc in it, like you could win a prize depending on where your little puck went. And I made the comment like, oh, yeah, like just like Plinko. And he asked me what Plinko was. And I almost fucking cursed inside the school. Like, like you don't know what the fuck Plinko is. But I had to, <laughs> I caught myself before I said it. And I was like, oh, it's a Price is Right game, son. Yeah. Instead of saying, what the fuck? You don't know what Plinko is? It's Price is Right game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's that that fight sequence. Just because it... Like, 
Bob Barker can handle himself. Oh yeah, no, it it definitely looked authentic. It didn't look like it was staged or. I mean, it definitely was because it was a movie, but it looked. And I know for most people, probably the funniest part of that whole sequence is the uh, what he kind of does the call back to uh, earlier in the fight when Happy says the price is wrong, bitch. And then yeah, he says, you know, he asks him if he's had enough, and then he ends up kicking him in the face, and he says. Now you've had enough, bitch. Yeah. I know most people think that's the funniest part, but like I always laugh hysterically when he's just working him over with the left jab. Oh yeah. I mean, he's just fucking <laughs> just fucking teeing off on him. <laughs> and Adam has no defense for it at all. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That that scene still cracks me up. Um I the other one too is the uh the scene where uh shooter hits the ball on the Mr. Larson's foot and that whole exchange between the two of them plays that as, as it lies. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Larson's shirt's fucking awesome. And that says guns don't kill people. I do. Or no, it says, I don't call. I think it says, I don't call nine one one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I searched for years for that shirt. Couldn't find it. Now you can just pick it up wherever. Yeah. But that's that's my favorite scene is the Bob Barker fight scene. I don't know about you, but and um, yeah, I I think it was that in the scene where um, uh, Chubbs dies just because it's out of nowhere. But yeah, I do like the uh, the exchange with Chubbs and Adam Sandler or Pappy when he's telling him about like how he. He during his time on the tour, he couldn't play. Like he, his career got cut short. And then Adam Sandler makes that comment: "Goes, oh, it's because you're black." Because Chubbs played in a you know a time where like uh, minority golfers weren't accepted on the on the tour PGA especially. And he says, "Oh, it's because you're black." And he goes, "Oh, hell no!" Because damn alligator bit my hand off. Still gets me every fucking time because it's not the answer you expect. I just love the fact that he uh, thought the alligator head would have been a great birthday gift. Oh yeah, like that is the absolute like that's like getting fucking socks. That that's actually what's a worse gift? That fucking alligator head or the pink bunny suit in the Christmas story? Gator head killed him just out of shock like oh god and then he walks back out out of a window yeah <laughs> i'd say the alligator head too yeah just you're right because it caused a fatality <laughs> the pink bunny suit was bad but i mean the dad didn't like go, oh my god and then fall out a window so yeah <laughs> although we would have never found out carl weathers fantastic singing voice oh yeah i'd a plus Got some pipes. Great. Surprised Apollo Creed didn't show those off more, at least Rocky Three. Right. Um, so what was your favorite scene in the movie? It was the Bob Barker fight. Yeah. Honorable mention being his uh Chubb's death. Yeah, it's it, the Bob Barker fight sequence is an award winning an award winning sequence. Like the the Academy Awards should actually have a best fight sequence, like a best fight award. More people would probably tune in. 
But and it should be named in awe. Yeah, the Bob Barker fight scene or award for best fight sequence. Your nominees are Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan in Creed Three. And then that's about it <laughs> that I can think of off the top of my head. At the end of uh, Lethal Weapon. Oh yeah, or you know John Wick versus everybody in John Wick Four. <laughs> The Andy Dufresne get busy living or get busy dying award for the best or most quotable line of the movie. Now, if trying to figure out what the best scene of the movie is was hard, this is fucking damn near impossible because there's so much so good, great stuff in here. Two. I have two that have made the top of the list. Okay, go ahead. Trim down. Uh, the first one is uh. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast. Dude, I had that on there and then I took it off. <laughs> it was literally like it was like on my list until like Saturday. <laughs> and then I changed it. <laughs> my my favorite line though is the price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Love it. That was pretty good too. Um my favorite is actually uh, honorable mention is uh, when how the orderly is running the uh, retirement home sweatshop. And I've used it at work when you and I used to work together. I know I've used it a time or two when the, the older lady says, my fingers hurt. And he says, what's that dear? And she says, my fingers hurt. And he goes, well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else's fingers hurt? <laughs> uh, but my favorite one is uh, I went back to this one because a couple of weeks ago uh, during the uh, NFL, it was the uh, AFC uh, divisional round game. It was the Kansas City versus Buffalo. Pretty much like the rivalry of the NFL right now, at least one of the big rivalries in the NFL. Uh, at on the uh, In the post-game press conference, uh, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes basically says that the he loves playing in Buffalo. So this is a great town. And I text our friend Lucas, and I said, Patrick Mahomes' response sounds exactly like some fucking shit Shooter McGavin would say. <laughs> so my favorite line of the movie, it cracks me up whenever he says it. It goes, I'll tell you who the real winner is, is the city of Portland. Boy, every time I come here, it gets harder to leave. I get you guys put something in the water, huh? And he gets that that little gun motion. Finger gun. And I was like, that's such a pompous fucking thing to say, but it still cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. And it made me think of the fucking uh the Patrick Mahomes uh interview from a couple weeks ago after that Bills game. So that one would be it. And I'd also like to give an honorable mention to and you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> that one's good. You know, I didn't know it uh, when I was researching this movie. Is uh, Richard Keel had suffered some kind of uh, brain injury to where he couldn't like he couldn't like keep his balance, so he always had to lean against something. So the sequence where they're all chasing after Shooter McGavin at the end because he steals Happy Gilmore's jacket, 
is just Richard Keel just moving his arms back and forth like he's running, but he's not moving. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they don't they don't show him getting caught either, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, we don't trot this one out a lot, but there are certain occasions where it it needs to answer the call. The Paul Walker, I said, forget about a cut award for the most unintentionally hilarious or bad line of the movie. And um, I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm a huge Julie Bowen fan. I've had a crush on this lady since Happy Gilmore. And of course, she is just probably the TV mom of the 2010s and modern family. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what what she was going for in this particular scene, but when uh, during the tour championship, when uh, Happy Gilmore gets struck by the car, she yells, Happy, look out! Oh! <laughs> Make some kind of weird noise. I, 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 I practiced that line in the car on the way home. See if I can nail that as good as she did, and I can't do it. But I don't know what she was fucking going for now, but that I still don't. I mean, I get she's she's petrified because, like, I, I think in, in a million years, you don't expect someone to get hit by a fucking car on a golf course. Right. But it's still, it's... <laughs> that line's not meant to be funny, but it still makes me laugh. And it, it's hilarious. I actually have a... Uh, uh, to do with this theme as well. We'll, we'll save it for our unsalty. There we go. But yeah, I mean, there's really no other. I mean, this is a comedy, so it's supposed to be funny. But, you know, that's a line that's not supposed to be funny. I was going to say, I don't think her line was supposed to be funny in that. Right. (laughs) The McLovin Award for the best or scene ceiling performance of the movie. This is probably a murderer's row of uh, candidates. We've probably got seven or eight strong contenders in this category. Yeah. This is like this is like the the Oscars like best actor category every year. It's like, you know, there's probably 10 guys that could get in. There's only so many that can make the cut. Right. So I'm going to say for this particular episode, we just throw our candidates out there and then we try to whittle them down. Okay. Uh, my candidates are, I have Ben Stiller as Hal the Orderly. He's uncredited in this movie. He is. So you don't hear, you, you know, you don't see his name in the credits, but he is in this movie. Brings it for the six minutes he's in the screen time he's in the movie. Uh, Kevin Nealon as Potter. He's the uh, the golfer that's playing with Happy on his first uh, a tour event, the one that you know makes the carousel goes up and down and around. <laughs> Love that line. Uh, Richard Keel is Mr. Larson. We did mention him briefly. Uh, wearer of awesome shirts, and then uh, Bob Barker as Bob Barker, and he's not in it very long too. I will put Carl Weathers as Chubbs Peterson in this. That's my field of five. 
those those are all of mine as well. Um, I would like to uh, mention Will Sasso just because I liked his uh, his role in the beginning. Oh, I, I Will Sasso is coming up. Okay, but let's let's just say uh, let's just move him aside and we'll go with with your five. Okay. Um, I am probably gonna say. I I'll probably give it to Carl Weathers because he's an integral part of the movie. Yeah. Uh but man, it, it's tough to everybody has like a particular like moment where they shine. Like Kevin Elan's only in this for like two minutes. But you lead you get to that first awesome happy Gilmore meltdown on the golf course. Play it li- where it lies, motherfucker. No, fuck you. Where they bleep it all out. Um, of course, the Bob Barker fight sequence. Uh, Hal is like, like I have used Hal as an example on why I don't want to be, I don't want to be put into like a nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> like abuse. if it gets to it, just fucking get that Anton Chigurh gun from no country for old men and just take me out in the middle of nowhere. Cause I don't want to be fucking knitting quilts in my seventies. Oh, just don't say that your hands hurt. <laughs> That's a problem. I, I, I think I'm starting to develop slight arthritis as it is. There's no way. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I'm comfortable giving it to, uh, Carl Weathers simply because it's fucking Carl Weathers. I mean, come on. Yeah, I think we have to give it to him. Um, but I think it's very deserving too because he he kills it in this. Uh, super funny every scene he's in, and uh, he's got an incredible singing voice to boot. Beautiful singing voice. I mean, I thought that was Seal, <laughs> but it's Carl Weathers, and the underrated scene with Carl Weathers is Chubbs is when happy is doing the long, like he's at the driving range. He's basically like taking people's money and he's supposed to be coaching that lady. And he's essentially just sitting there reading golf digest, not paying a lick of attention to what she's doing. He goes, yeah, you're doing a great job. (laughs) He only takes interest when he sees happy drive that last ball. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, Oh, something that's actually interesting. Let's do that. Yeah, he's like, move to the side, you old hag. The gravy trains come in. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Carl Weathers, I think we give it to him. But yep. many deserving nominees. Um, yeah, like you said, Will Sasso. But I don't think a lot of people know who Will Sasso is. Well, he has been in the news recently, but for bad things. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, apparently him and his colleague um, used AI to create um, a uh, um, bunch of um, jokes around a dead comedian. Um, so. Oh. I've heard of that podcast because he actually, there's some funny stuff with, uh, he does an incredible Jesse Ventura impression. Yeah. And they have uh 
the AI will have him do a ad read as Jesse Ventura doing like Arby's. <laughs> like there's one like he's talking about the the Arby's Wagyu burgers. Yeah. And he reads his Jesse Ventura. It's super hilarious. Which leads us to the IMDB Drug Dealer Number Two Award for the actor actress you have seen in a movie but have no clue who they are. So I was uh I had Will Sasso as one of the uh the movers. And I had Joe Flaherty as the heckler. It calls him the jackass. Yeah, that's uh, that's who I had. But I'm definitely okay with giving it to Will Sasso. Well, I, I think with Joe Flaherty, I my generation would probably know him more than like younger people. Because um, for a long time, there used to be a sketch comedy show called SCTV. It kind of competed with Saturday Night Live, but it didn't really. It was out of Can- I think it was out of Canada, and I only remember it because they used to run it at like one thirty in the morning on Saturday nights after Saturday Night Live went off. They would show SCTV, and it had like John Candy was on there, uh, Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, you know, a lot of really funny people. But Joe Flaherty was on that show too. And that's where I remember him from. He played a character that I always thought was kind of funny called Count Floyd. <laughs> and he was like one of those uh, guys that hosted the B-movie, like horror movie show that would be on late late night TV. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> give a little bit of good news to Will Sasso. You just won the award for uh, IMDb drug dealer number two. For the actor, actress, you may or may not know who they are, but seen them in a bunch of stuff. What comedian are they? They making jokes about? Um, you know what? Uh, I'm looking it up now because I totally forgot. It's put my mind. Um. Uh, George Carlin. So there you go. Oh, apparently George Carlin's family did not take uh, kindly to that. So using AI to recreate his voice and his jokes. Well, I mean, do you blame it on Will Sasso or do you blame it on the AI? Because the the point of the podcast is supposed to be like they're supposed to do whatever the AI says it's supposed to do. Yeah, See, that's the that's the whole conundrum of. Uh, but they're also not being held at gunpoint by said AI either. So, right. Um, unsolved mysteries of the movie. Uh, I had two. Uh, what happens to Shooter McGavin after the events of this movie? As uh, those of you that have seen this movie know, Shooter McGavin uh, tries to steal the uh, the Tour Championship jacket from Happy Gilmore after he loses. He gets chased uh, by the gallery, including Mr. Larson. Gets beat up, so happy he could get his jacket. But uh, Shooter get kicked off the tour? Or do they set up like a rivalry with him and Happy? Like, okay, like I'm thinking that they they set it up like this is like the big feud in sports. Like basketball had like Bird and Magic and then you know, like right now the NFL has like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen 
this particular golf universe has happy versus shooter. That's how they sell these tournaments, you know, like kind of like Phil and Tiger had for so many years. I was going to say, I would, I would be more interested in the PGA if it were more like shooter and happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It happens. Like the shooter probably has to take some time off. Like, you know, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? But honestly, what he did is really not as bad as some of the shit happy got away with. I mean, happy, like literally beat people up on the green. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he beat up a fellow golfer on, on, and he beats up a game show host on national television. Yeah. And gets a couple weeks suspension. So he even, um, pulls the code over that, um, uh, you know, person in the crowd and punches him and knocks him over. Oh, the Waterbury open. Yeah. I like that too, where he's just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, like I can't believe it. And he just like pulls his shirt down, fucking cold cocks him. <laughs> um, the other uh, mystery of the movie is um, does Happy Gilmore have the career Tiger Woods does? Where he's like kind of the face of, of golf? Yeah, I think so. But maybe less controversy. He seems more wholesome than the controversies that Tiger Woods went through. Well, I, I think uh, Tiger had that wholesome image for quite a while. Yeah. And then the wheels fell off. And then yeah, <laughs> Tiger Woods loves him some porn stars. Yeah. I mean, when you're a golf star and you have the money, got to have, I guess. But yeah, I see t- a Happy Gilmore being the face of that uh, that tour. You know, like he's got the video games that are named after him. He's you know he's in the Subway commercial. Yeah, so he's probably getting all the endorsement deals, and they're kind of like he's kind of the everyman that people that don't normally watch golf gravitate towards. So yeah, I think he becomes like the Tiger Woods of that golf universe. You know, now that you mention it. I would much rather play a Happy Gilmore golf video game than a Tiger Woods golf video game. I think that would be fun as hell. You know, I'm surprised that uh, EA Sports never made, because uh, they did an ad campaign a few years ago with Shooter McGavin involved in it. Oh, okay, really? I yeah. Uh, Christopher McDonald was in like some of the ads for the PGA Tour game. Why not make Happy Gilmore and Shooter McGavin playable characters on that? I would totally fucking play that. Oh, man. So would I. Just because of that. That would be cool. Because, I mean, like, I'll be perfectly honest with you. There may have been a time or two, like, the old PGA games, like, my creative golfer was Happy Gilmore. And I basically, like, <laughs> made leveled my driving up all the way to, like, as high as I could get it. And everything else kind of <laughs> suffered for it. But. Yeah. Uh, the most 1996 moment of the movie. Um, I would say Subway being a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, that was before the whole Jared thing. Yeah, like Subway hadn't quite gotten uh, as popular yet. Or I would say people knowing who Bob Barker was. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I'm gonna change. Yeah, Bob Barker being like 
a big deal because, like, you know, my son watches this now. He has no clue who Bob Barker is. Yeah. I think that's the most. I would like to go back to the uh, Unsolved Mysteries for just a second. Paul, shut in. I mean, to cut you off, man. I didn't know if you had any. Um, why did nobody uh, care to look at, question, um, or otherwise anything about the car that was on the green? And they just watched it run over happy that nobody cared that it was right behind him and then just floored it and hit it. Well, I think it was there for a solid, like three minute hit him, you know, a better question is why, why didn't they postpone it until they got it cleaned up? They just said, fuck it. You know, I mean, I guess it creates the tension and it makes Happy Gilmore have to do the one thing that he's like not good at as a golfer is like putting. But still, it's like a, a guy tried to commit vehicular homicide on a golf course, your biggest tournament of the year. Yeah. And like you're not even cleaning that shit up. And he never mentioned that shooter put him up to it either. Like if I were going to get arrested for attempted vehicular manslaughter or actually it would have been an attempted murder because manslaughter is like you weren't planning it he was legit planning to kill happy yeah Yeah, he drove a golf a volkswagen bug out to (laughs) yeah (laughs) i would say hey yeah shooter put me up to it but he never does yeah it it just you know it hit me the wrong way it was funny so it's got that going for it it was he's a he's a loyal criminal he is. Snitches get stitches, and he's like, "I'm not, I'm not getting shanked in the joint." I just, I really want Shooter to be my friend. Uh, um, is is that the only one you had? Because I don't want to cut you off again. I feel like a horrible host. Oh, you're fine. Um. Well, yeah, we established tonight most 1996 moment of the movie is the fact that Bob Barker is in this movie, and people that from that era would know who he is more than youngsters out there nowadays. Um, and you youngsters, uh, be sure to stay and eat your pets. Just so you know, yep. Help control the pet population. I think they still do that on the show. Yeah. Um, hot off the skill. It takes presented by, uh, big Mac or McDonald's home of the, the double big Mac. Home of juicier, juice the juicier burgers now. I don't see a difference, but they are they are good. So yeah, they're they're sponsoring this uh, section of the podcast. Go to McDonald's and McDonald's. Please give us money. Um, <laughs> my my hottest take is. I think Adam Sandler has had the best film career of any Saturday Night Live member. Ooh, that is a hot take. Well, I, if you think about it, like Will Ferrell as an example, Will Ferrell's had some very high highs, but what has he done lately? Uh, Barbie. 
He's in Barbie, the biggest movie of 2023. But people weren't going to see Barbie because Will Ferrell was in it. Correct. Um, Mike Myers has not done anything in quite a long time. Um, we'll go back. Eddie Murphy. Probably the brightest SNL star of all time. I mean, like he, he probably had like the biggest run of any Saturday Night Live star. I mean, he was arguably the biggest movie star in the world for a time during the 80s. Career's kind of tailed off. Adam Sandler, on the other hand, since 1995, still putting out theatrical run movies. Netflix basically has paid him a shit ton of money to produce content for them. And his movies typically are some of the most watched movies on Netflix in that given calendar year. Now, if it weren't for Netflix, I would say that you're wrong because Will Ferrell has had some pretty um, successful movies. You know, we got. Yeah, you can make the case that maybe Ferrell, uh, Bill Murray, I think, has a case, but he's kind of leaned more into like the dramatic stuff here. And I mean, he's getting older and he, he hasn't done a lot of things recently other than like Ghostbusters and he's in that meh uh, Ant-Man movie for no reason at all. Right. But Adam Sandler's still in the public eye, uh, still able to do like uh, stuff. He's been able to stretch his uh, dramatic chops. Um, he got an Oscar. Did he get an Oscar nomination for Uncut Gems? I don't think he did. He should have. Oh, he didn't get the nom? I don't think he got a Best Actor nomination that year. But he should have. I think that was part of it because he's notorious for playing kind of a, a goofball. And the the voters didn't really take him seriously. Uh, I'm going to look it up here real quick. Now, oh, I'm still on the boat of Will Ferrell. I do think that your take is very hot, though. It is uh, worthy of uh, McDonald's juicier burger. Well, I guess in terms of being like relevant for a long period of time, yeah. Because I mean, like, like I said, like the Netflix deal has kind of made it where like he's kind of the focal point of Netflix programming. Yeah, he is. And I'm, I mean, you're right with Will Ferrell too, because I mean, we're not, we're not getting another anchor man or another step brothers or another elf. There's no elf to I mean, like the biggest stuff Will Ferrell's done lately is he's been in, uh, the Lego movies. And he's was in Barbie as like in a supporting role, but he's not the reason why people were watching Barbie. He's not even the funniest thing about Barbie, he's right? <laughs> but I mean, I I think Sandler just in terms of being relevant for as what going on, we're almost closing in on thirty years of him being like kind of a, a bankable comedic star. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's my hottest take. Is I, I think Will Ferrell's had the best, or not Will Ferrell, but Adam Sandler's had the best post Saturday Night Live career of any cast member 
to come out of that show. Okay. I'll stick to it. He's not my favorite performer. We actually did an episode a while back. Not my favorite Saturday Night Live performer, but like really looking into his IMDb and just some of the stuff he's done and just, yeah, I, I think he's had the best post SNL career. Okay. I'm, I'm warming to it. What about you? Uh, I don't think I have any hot takes um, for this movie. I would like say things like this is the best uh, like golf movie there is, but Ooh. save that because I've actually got that coming up. Okay. But uh, well, if you have no hot take, I'll be the one that uh gets uh feet to the fire but yeah i that's my hot take i seriously think just looking at his overall career he's had the best snl career post snl so thanks mcdonald's and be sure to go check out the the new double big mac for all beef patties special sauce lettuce cheese on numerous sesame seed buns And be sure to watch out. The Hamburglar is out and about. Uh, Hall of Fame plaques. Uh, this is the category where if uh, actor or actress is being inducted into the Couch Potato or any movie Hall of Fame, would this be the movie that is featured on their Hall of Fame plaque? Uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, I think so. Oh, you think so? Okay. Uh, for his comedies yes uh but i don't know uncut gems is really good i would say it would probably be big daddy oh okay yeah i i think just because like that's the movie that like most people that i know of know him from really yeah I, and i think it's his biggest box office hit too like oh yeah Uh, Julie Bowen. Um, probably. I don't really. I would say she's more of a TV actress. I'd say it'd be for Modern Family. I was gonna say like if we're doing movies, this. I was trying to think of another movie she was. I don't really know of any other movies she's been in. Yeah. So I guess if it's strictly just movies, and yeah, but. Uh, Christopher McDonald, obviously, yes. Because, I mean, I've I've already said I, I think he is probably, if not the greatest sports movie villain of all time, he's in the top three. That's another one. Best sports villains of all time. Yeah. Uh, Carl Weathers, I'm going to say no. I mean, he's the the man's Apollo Creed for crying out loud. Yeah. Um. But. Well, I had the burning questions. I had three. I one of them became my hottest take. <laughs> so, that one's going to be eliminated. Uh. And then I also is Christopher McDonald's Shooter McGavin the greatest sports movie villain of all time. I would say yes. I actually think the two greatest sports movie villains of all time come from golf movies. I think it's him 
and it's Judge Smales from Caddyshack. Which leads me to my final question. Better golf movie, Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore? Ooh, man. Oh, man. I don't think I can pick that. I I can't consciously pick that and then be happy with my answer being recorded on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to say Caddyshack for me, um, probably because of who's all in it. I mean, it's got arguably three of the greatest comedic actors of all time, Chevy Chase, Ronnie Dangerfield, and Bill Murray in a movie together. Uh, it For me, it's got most people are going to say it's probably aged poorly because like a lot of the jokes that worked in 1980 don't really work in 2024, but the movie still makes me laugh. Um, not to say that happy Gilmore is a bad movie. I adore happy Gilmore. And I think happy Gilmore is kind of like the Caddyshack for a newer generation. So I grew up as a kid. Caddyshack was like my golf movie kids of your age would probably be happy Gilmore would be their golf movie. Yeah, I could agree with that. But see, both movies for me, they, they fill a, 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 a different genre of comedy. Uh, we were talking before the, the podcast, happy Gilmore is more of a, um, an awkward situational comedy that where the tension in, in the, the cringe of the comedy. Um, Caddyshack, not like, Mm-hmm. And even if the jokes aged poorly, they're still like it still makes me laugh too. I mean, they're both super funny, and it's really hard to pick. Yeah, it's it's like basically, it's like trying to pick what's like what food's better, like pizza or tacos. Like they're both fucking awesome. They are, and some days you're feeling tacos, some days you're feeling pizza, um, and some days you're feeling neither. And you're going for a burger, um, like, you know, or some days you're going for a pizza taco. Yeah. And you know, that sounds really good. <laughs> we may have just crafted a new food, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't pick, um, uh, like I said, I can't consciously pick one and then have it recorded. And then I, I'm going to regret it later on. Man, it's all right, dude. No one listens to us anyway. So if- are you going to piss off somebody in fucking uh, New Mexico? Uh, future pissed off at past Adam. So. <laughs> Last category, the Finding Forster. You're the man now, dog award for the biggest life lesson taken from this movie. Uh, I've got a very simple one. Uh, pay your fucking taxes so you don't end up in a nursing home with an orderly like Hal. Yeah, that is a perfect life lesson. Because, I mean... No way I want to be 70 years old in a fucking sweatshop making quilts. Right. Because he extends arts and crafts hour by quite a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then if you don't uh, do then you're stuck doing um, landscaping duty. Yeah. Don't complain about pain because Hal ain't having it. Right. Pay your taxes. Yep. So they don't. So the government doesn't take your house. And so that your children don't have to 
become sports stars to pay your debt. Yeah. Those are, that's a great life lesson. Um, before we wrap this up, Adam, you got anything else you want to add? Um, I miss comedies like this. I wish they would do more. Um, comedy like that's in theater nowadays although we've we've discussed uh in great length why they don't anymore they're all streamers now yeah the sports comedy is kind of like i know comedies are not really prevalent anymore but the sports comedy especially yeah i haven't had one in quite a long time i think i know they did the bad news bears remake Damn, that was almost 20 years ago, I think. Yeah. It's like, that's the last one I can really remember. Yeah, I, I can't remember any more recent. Well, I don't... well, you know what? If any, like, screenwriter or, like, television exec, like a streaming, like, you're running, like, one of these big streamers, and you're listening to this show... Give us a fucking sports comedy. Actually, it might be the, I'm thinking like maybe the longest yard. The, the Adam Sandler remake. Yeah. I'm actually going to look it up here real quick. Uh, Dodgeball's 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which you can listen to on uh, this podcasting where you get your podcast. That's right. <laughs> the podcast. Um, they did have a, a comeback. Uh, well, we got Talladega Nights in 2006. Uh, Goon was in 2011. That's a fucking good movie. If you've ever seen that's a good hockey movie. Um, I believe we got an Air Bud World Pup. Are we counting Air Bud? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing. Nothing like super awesome. No. Since two, probably 2006. It's a goddamn shame. It is. We need a sports comedy. We need yep. to have. So if you're listening and you can make that happen, we need the sports comedy back. Put it on fucking Hulu. I don't care. Netflix. Get on it. Peacock, Paramount Plus, you're combining forces. Get on it. Make it. Make it happen. Yeah, Mount Cock. Make it happen. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up today's episode. We hope you guys and gals enjoyed it. Be sure to give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, slash X. TikTok. You can find the links in the show description if you want to get a hold of us. We also have the show email. Feel free to email us with any concerns, show ideas, comments on past episodes. You can hit us up on that as well. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on episodes each and every week. Usually, barring like laryngitis or one of us getting sick, you know, our life things that happen sometimes. But uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on our new episodes each and every week. And if you'd be so kind, please, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, just take a brief moment of your time to leave us a five-star review to help us get discovered in those search results. And it just helps us improve the quality of the show. So 
Until next week, we bid you all farewell and adieu. Price is wrong, bitch.